Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. My name is—I uh, was trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm just Joe. I don't have a good name anymore. It sucks. This is a rough start, man. When you start with my name is. Uh, well, I was going to be like Johnny Dark Joe, and I was like, no, that just sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? How's how you doing? Hey, doing all right. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, I'm having a time, but having uh, a time. Yeah, and, and just just in case you're joining us for the first time, those are the voices of Doug and Eric, the illustrious co-hosts of this podcast. 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 Yeah, man. I'm just. You know what it is? It's my my nine to five job. My main gig is just sucking the soul out of me. Oh, I feel you. It's all coming to a head, man. Ugh. I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah. One day we need to retire and just podcast. <laughs> uh, we we need more than just the one Patreon for. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you guys want to Patreon us, you can. It's a uh, please patreon.com backslash motcu. We do have a Patreon. Yes, we do. We have one, and we would love to grow that because we do want to retire and just podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know w- one of the perks is uh, as you a need Patreon to be Doug's member, family member, right? You, yeah, you, you if you're not, you become part of my family, but. <laughs> Uh, right now, our Patreon list is uh, Hannah Christ. Yeah. 
you know, and that's my daughter. But wait, she, is it Hannah cool. or Hannah? Because every it's time you say ha- it, it's Hannah, I said I slipped. You say it different she, every time. <laughs> no, not every time. This time I did. It's Hannah. And isn't it Christ? No, it's not Christ, Joe. <laughs> do you celebrate Christmas? I do. Oh, Actually, you I call it you, X-X-X-mas. yeah, because you you also eat Reese's, so you, c- you celebrate Christmas. Yeah. I get it. Oh, you, you no. sound just like the mom from Almost Famous. We only celebrate Christmas, no Xmas. Right, no Xmas, <laughs> and in, and we celebrate it in July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while heart. eating vegan pork chops. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that artwork you did for that poster, Eric, magnificent. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, yes, I, I was I was awestruck by that. I, I kind of, you know, these things just a little, you know, how the sausage is made. Um, oftentimes I forget that I have to make a poster <laughs> for, for the episode until like yeah, the I day before. I have to edit it. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these things I, I, I throw together really quickly, you know, just Photoshop or whatever. And uh, I, I typically do it the same way, like with our logo. And, and I just wanted to do something different because, you know, that was Doug's pick. He loved that movie. And the poster is so iconic, and it's just one person's face. So, yeah. not to why put not make extra work on you, but I, I like the idea of you doing them like the movie poster, <laughs> like the actual movie poster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, any, any, and that's the thing too. If you join the Patreon, I mean, your input is gold. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. If you want new stickers, new merch, new artwork, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. Uh, I just, just now, this is just for me. When I saw it, I, I think it would reach out to more people because, like, someone would be like, oh, that's, that's almost famous. Wait, what's not almost famous? Like, <laughs> it, instead of seeing, yes. like, the um, something cool, like, I mean, the other one's still fucking cool, too. I love the cool references and all the fun parts of the other ones. But I feel like since it looks like the movie poster, it might draw the people in more that don't, like, aren't looking for it in the first place. Right. Well, we might get less Masters of the Universe action figure fans on our <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> There's still a pending post to be approved. Have either one of you approved it yet? No, I have not. I'm afraid. I I, I didn't include you guys in this uh, decision, but I made that change on the page. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Just for just, just for, for just for one guy in particular, because I was like, look, I love the I collect these toys. I love them, man. But right. I just I can't look at this page anymore and have it be like, "Hey, check out Beast Man." <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't know. We know he's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are all inappropriate, but if it's an inappropriate movie theme, one it goes in this group. If it's just inappropriate, it goes just surprise me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got to pick your targets. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. So what's what's new with you guys? Uh, Other than go ahead, Doug. you know, um, yeah, it's. It's been kind of a like normal couple of weeks now. I mean, work has picked up, which is great. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's good for job security, so I'm not complaining. And uh, yeah, I mean, the pedals are going. I, I sold, finally sold out the first batch of uh, tombstones, so I'm nice. happy about nice. that. Congrats! Thank you. It makes me happy. I got a couple of B stocks. Hopefully, be gone by the time this airs. <laughs> if they're not, I'm in trouble. Um, but yeah, doing that, selling some gear, things like that, you know. Uh, but otherwise, not. Nah, it's pretty standard stuff for me. Nice. Hey, Doug, I was gonna say I didn't want to like step on toes or do this on your behalf, but you should really share that with uh, Val Kilmer on the uh, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. I should. Ta- I needed to start tagging him and stuff. Yeah, right. and I say that because he's one of the most like active social media actors. Yeah, and 
and I see a lot of like uh, you know other artwork like people do of him as Batman or or you know Tombstone or whatever. And also, he really, he really gravitates towards it. He's like, oh, you know, he's buying artwork from people, and I think I think he would actually lay eyes on it and have something to say about it. That's a yeah. good idea, man. It's I'm about time that. you got your your first cease and desist. I know. <laughs> exactly. I haven't gotten one yet. So yeah, that's a good idea, dude. I'm going to do that. I'm yeah, definitely but I, hit ironically, up. it won't come from like the movie. It'll come from the pizza company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Exactly. Like, what do you want on your tombstone? Yeah. Uh, Joe, what is what's new with you, man? I can't stop taking vacations. I just, <laughs> like, fuck, I'm spending too much money. I'm out of town too much. I just uh, got back from Disney this entire week there, and I'm about to go to Disney again with you guys. Yeah. Um, I, I did hit up. Uh, I didn't go to Hollywood Studios this trip, though. I went to Epcot twice, the Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, and Blizzard Beach. Nice, man. Mm, cool. Uh, I did... The the food now you guys are hearing this like a month in the future. So by the time you heard this, you're like, "What the hell is he talking about?" But uh, Thursday of this month, which was the 15th of July, was actually the beginning of the food and wine festival, which I uh, went on Friday. So I got to hit up a good portion of that, um, and I, I did some eating. <laughs> cool. I did some eating. Um, I ate way too much, honestly. Yeah. Uh, let me grab my little booklet. Yeah, that's a dangerous game, the Food and Wine Festival. Which I'm going to send you one of these, uh, Doug, in the mail, so you can start getting your hopes up. I will, yeah, this way I can I can highlight the, the places I want to hit. Yes. What sucks is some of them don't open until October 1st, which is kind of a scam. I'm kind of pissed off about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, just open them all. Um, so from the flavors from Fire, I had the Chimichurri Up Offense, which is charred chimichurri steak. On a smoked corn cake with pickled vegetable slaw and cilantro aioli. Oh, that's definitely going to be on my list. Um, from the donut box, I had the crispy chicken on a sriracha glazed donut. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> it was it was it was a little little spicy, but not terrible. Um, oh, I missed the swanky the swanky saucy swine. I wanted to go there and get the pork the pork cheddar, but I didn't. Um, I forgot about it, honestly. I was like, by that point, I was so full. I was like, I can't eat anything else. What uh, was, uh, I, I saw that you met up with uh, Conklin, Chef Conklin. Oh, uh, well, I didn't necessarily meet up with him as much as he walked up to me while I was walking by and said, BDM, and then put his finger on I was like, huh? And oh, then okay. I and I saw his name tag said Brandon on it. Um, so I said, yeah, what's up, man? And gave him, we did touch tips and everything. Then I saw another girl post in the BDM group that she had met up with him, and I was like, oh, that's Brandon. I'm like, Oh shit, that's Brandon. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. uh, I should have talked to him a little more. Small world, um, man. Um, in China, we had the pan fried chicken dumplings and the crispy fried pepper shrimp with spicy Sichuan noodles. All right, that's on the list too. Uh, let's see here. In Germany, I had a roast bratwurst in a pretzel sauce, an apple strudel with vanilla sauce, and chauffeur uh, heifer, which is the grapefruit beer I usually get there. They have a wild cherry hefeweizen that I had. Damn. I had a fucking I had a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner. You're fucking killing me, Joe. Let's see here. Um, in okay, I'm just flipping through the pages to make sure I didn't. Cause I, I marked them off what I what I ate. Um, because I always do that. Oh, in Greece, I I went all out in Greece. I had the spanakopita. 
I had this, it's called griddled cheese with pistachios and honey. And I don't know what kind of cheese it was. It's like a, like a, it almost looks like a, it tastes like almost like a Parmesan type cheese, but they like melted it. So it was like super soft and they put pistachios and honey on it. It's fucking delicious. And I had the lamb moussaka, which is almost like shepherd's pie with cinnamon, lamb, or I guess shepherd's pie does have lamb, with cinnamon and eggplant. It was Jesus interesting. Jesus Christ. I mean, it all sounds delicious, but it also sounds like, like. I would get gout. You know what I mean? Oh, like, God, yeah. Like <laughs> uh, a king's disease, man. See. What else did I have? Uh, I don't think I had too much. Oh, in Canada, I had the Le Cellier, wild mushroom beef filet mignon with truffle butter sauce. Um, at the refreshment port, I had both the traditional and braised beef poutines, as well uh-huh. as the maple boursin cheesecake. How, um, wait, how, how much money did you spend? Uh, like I said, I can't keep going on vacation. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that much. I was like fifty something dollars. Oh, that's um, in Australia, I had the roasted lamb chop with sweet potato puree, bush berry pea salad, and pistachio pomegranate gremolata. Um, and there was one more thing I had. Where is it at here? This problem is this book is too like. Oh, at the Noodle Exchange, the traditional spicy Vietnamese beef pho with shaved beef, enoki mushrooms, and Thai basil. Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. And that was all within like a four-hour span. Wow. That is a lot of food. Yeah, I mean, they're small plates, though. They're like tapas. Oh, really, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the most expensive thing I had was the uh, the filet, and that was only like eight bucks. No. Um, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, most things are like four dollars, three, four, five dollars. It's those uh, thirteen dollar beers that'll get you. God, yeah, that fucking wild cherry beer was like eleven bucks. That was the one. It's like, come on, I can get a whole like, well, I guess four pack because they sell them. In the, they're like tall cans. They're like tall boys, and they sell them in four packs for like nine bucks at Publix. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was my week eating food, eating good in the World Showcase, so I don't get sued. <laughs> um, when we go, it's gonna be fun. We have yeah. Hollywood Studios with Mr. Joey Mazant. Uh, we're going to go to Ogus Cantina, which uh, I've been wanting to go there since it opened. I haven't been able to get a reservation, and a lot of people haven't, so that's that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Uh, we're going to ride, obviously, Rise of the Resistance at Smuggler's Run, and then whatever else we can ride while we're there. Yeah, yeah. And then, Doug, mm-hmm. you get to go to the Food and Wine Festival. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, <laughs> I can't wait. To get the book that you're going to send me, so I, again, yeah. I can make, I can highlight my list. Yeah. We can, uh, we, we can figure the, out which Skyliner. country sells uh, boxes of wine. That's yeah. that's priority one. <laughs> I'm going to have a back. That would be a, that, that would be America. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> that's is true. very America. You're absolutely right. Uh, we could also ride rides there too, because there are rides there. We, we you at least yeah. have to see the Living Seas if you've never seen the Living Seas. I have not done that one. It, so. It's it's badass because giant aquarium. Oh, and right. we can do my favorite deep cut, slightly racist ride, the Donald Duck Mexico boat. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've done and, that one. I, um, El Rio yeah. del Tiempo. Yeah, yeah. And not a lot time. of people know it's there. So it's like when you're yeah. a little buzzed walking around, like it's the perfect, you It's know, in Mexico. Mexico. Is that the one that ends up inside by the restaurant? Yeah. You, yep. you take a little, yeah, little yeah, ride. Yeah. I've eaten at that restaurant, too. Yeah, it's called the Three Caballeros El Rio del Tiempo. Yeah. Which is um, the three Caballeros, 
uh, river of time. You got a better Spanish accent than I do, man. That's upsetting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I grew up in Miami. <laughs> in Miami. All right, guys. So today uh, we're going to jump into a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Loki. Was, yes, Loki the, <laughs> the movie. This movie came out at the perfect time for me. Like, this was high school. This was, like, angsty, emo, you know, discovering independent film kind of age. And, uh, you know, say what you will about it. I mean, it's very mixed opinions on this movie. It's it's very misunderstood for good reason. It's a confusing movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this is uh, the 2001 film Donnie Darko. Uh, Donnie Darko, if you look back at the history of this film, it's a Richard Kelly film, which, you know, he's not known for much at this point. Um, besides this, the, there was a sequel to this that was terrible. <laughs> was he involved Absolutely. in that? I think he was, yeah. I think he, uh, I want to say I'm he wrote it. See- I'm not seeing it on his, uh... oh, wait a minute, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he isn't, yeah, he was, he wrote it. yeah. It, it, it comes across as the guy, like, the Lucas doing Star Wars and doing Raiders and then doing Howard the Duck. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. don't, yeah, don't yeah. you badmouth Howard the Duck. I mean, I, listen. The character I, or the movie? The character's great. That movie was a... The movie was... That movie yeah. was awesome. I mean, listen. I I love the shit out of that movie, but I know it's bad. It's like the same way I feel about the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Like, it's objectively yeah. <laughs> bad. How have I not put uh, that movie on our list yet? Howard or uh, Garbage Howard. Pail Kids? No, Howard. I mean, hey, put it on. I'd, I'd love to watch it again. I haven't seen I it since I was, like, uh, 10. But That's uh, a long fucking movie, too. Oh, I think it's it? like two and a half hours. Oh, oh my no. God. That's terrible. You know, just... it feels like two and a half hours. I, I'd watch. I watch it for Leah Thompson, man. I I was yeah. that was my f- yeah. first crush. Like, my and I prefer crush. her in that movie for sure. Then, uh, <laughs> then what? Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's only an hour and fifty minutes, but it feels like two and a half hours. It's a long hour and fifty minutes. Duck titties. You know what I mean? And old Jeffrey Jones in there. You know, like back before you, everyone hated him. <laughs> <laughs> so Dottie Darko. Um, like I said, it came out in 2001. Um, it's a it's a cult classic now, I think. But at the time, it was it was uh, you know pretty disregarded in the in the film world. Yeah, it was almost straight to video. Yeah, you have some uh, well known actors now, but at the time, I mean, you know, from Jake Gyllenhaal and his sister to uh, Seth Rogen, this was his first on screen appearance. You know, a lot of remarkable actors, uh, you know, paved their way in this thing, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into it. It's here's the thing with this movie. There's two versions of it that I'm aware of. There was the original cut and the director's cut. Now, what we watched for this episode was the director's cut, and uh, the reason I know that, and if you listen to the almost famous episode. We ran into kind of same issue with Doug because he was used to the original cut. We had this extended cut and they changed some things and it was the same vibe here. I started watching this movie and I noticed right away, I think it was a song choice was the first thing that, that they changed. 
it kind of threw me. So we we pull clips from the movies that we do episodes for, usually pretty consistently. And I was pulling clips, but I was so like out of my element watching this this cut because I was hearing lines I never heard before. I was missing stuff that I was looking for. So I've got a lot of clips from like the first half of this movie, but you'll notice as this podcast goes on that there's not a lot at the back end because I was just dumbfounded. <laughs> right. It's right. my fault. Because if y'all don't tell me which movie, which version to pull, I'm pulling the fucking director's guy. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I'm glad I saw it because, you know, it, it, it gave me a good perspective on both. Um, but I, I think it makes not... the movie way easier to understand. Oh, totally. It, it came across as like Donnie Darko for dummies. This cut. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But anyway, uh, let's get into it proper and uh, start this thing in earnest. So uh, we open Donnie Darko uh, with our title cards, and they, they look. It's Pandora, a gay Lord Films production. That made me chuckle. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. In all fairness, um, I just because it's funny, I know it's not funny, but it's funny. But every time I'm going on I 4 and I get to the exit for like Osceola Parkway to like head towards Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios, off on the left, there's Gaylord Palms, and the exit has a big sign that says Gaylord Center. And I laugh every fucking time. Because <laughs> you're still children. in middle school. Yeah. And if one of my sons is with me, I'm like, there's your favorite hotel. <laughs> we're children that, at heart. That don't, if, uh, don't bully your son. If we ever if we ever go past a Dick's Sporting Good, I'm like, oh, you need some sporting goods? That's your favorite store. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a running joke in my house about Cox Internet. So. Oh, yeah. I have Cox here. See, I knew there was a reason yeah. that we were all doing this show together. Oh, absolutely. We are kindred spirits. There's, yeah, no there's, there's nothing that. wrong with a good dick joke. <laughs> so we open uh, this kind of beautiful opening shot, this landscape shot, and uh, we see someone laying in the middle of the road next to a bicycle. And he wakes up, and we're introduced to our lead for the film, Jake Gyllenhaal, playing the titular role of Donnie Darko. Um, I'm not sure how old he was... I mean, he looks young. He's he 21, looks... I believe. Okay. Because my daughter was asking me about this. Because actually, when I was watching the movie, she ran out to watch it because she like, was obsessed with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was born in 1980. So this is 2001. So Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was like 20 when they filmed it. Do yeah. you guys know if he did anything before this? Uh, uh, I've got IMDb up. If you give me two seconds, I'll see. No, I got it. Um, October Sky was 99. So City, that was City his... Slickers. City Slickers as a kid actor, and then he did some one-offs and TV shows and stuff. But uh, October Sky was his breakout movie. Okay. And I think that's what landed him this role or got him noticed to where he got this role and then grew from there. So, um, yeah. And I will say, I mean, I, to this day, love his performance in this movie. Oh, oh he's He's fantastic. Yeah. He's fantastic in this. And, you know, it's funny to throw back to one of our very first episodes, um, Halloween. When we did that episode, we made a lot of fun of, you know, um, California taking place, you know, taking the place of Illinois where where the movie took place. It's the same here. We're supposed to be in Virginia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you see the California mountains. Like, they did nothing to hide that fact. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't. Because I had to stop and I'm like, 
Didn't it say it was in Virginia? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even cover up license plates. They used California no. license plates on most of the cars. Well, um, but because uh, the house looked really familiar too, and like when at the very beginning, I believe that's the same house from the TV show Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. All Which right. is supposed to take place in Orlando, but actually takes place in California. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, but anyway. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, why does that house look so familiar? Yeah. Um, I'm not but, disparaging the movie at all. It's just it's just a funny thing that, you know, they had their priorities, and yeah. that was not one of them, and that's fine, you know? I, I'm just happy that Donnie Darko became Mysterio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love him as Mysterio. But, I, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I like everything that this guy's in, man. I, I think yes. Jake Gyllenhaal's a, a very fine actor. Um, yeah, I know what your favorite movie is, though, for sure. Which one? What do City you think? Slickers. Of course. <laughs> I'm not going to go with the, the whole probably, joke. He's probably in that thing like for two seconds. <laughs> oh, he was in That's something true. else for two seconds. In the, oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, he, City Slickers, that's like Elijah Wood in Back to the Future, too. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? yeah. Exactly. Or, or yeah. Donald Trump at Home Alone, too. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, Donnie wakes up uh, from, <laughs> from, from what I'm assuming is, you know, a nap going into this blind and he gives a little smirk and it's uh it's kind of mysterious like you don't know what's up with this kid he rides his bicycle back into town and this was the song choice that threw me because yes. it, it used to be uh echo and the bunny men and uh in this cut i don't even remember what it is it made me so upset yeah it's another popular song but you're right it was different i can't remember what it was great so, soundtrack though it is a it is a very good soundtrack so Donnie's riding from, you know, like kind of this, this valley back into his neighborhood. And uh, the cinematography is cool. Like you brought up Halloween. It feels very Halloween where we're in this like clearly Californian neighborhood. Yeah. Um, that's supposed to be in another state, but it's very pretty. And interesting little tidbit here that, that some people missed as Donnie's riding down the street back towards his house he gets passed by a uh, a red car that features very very importantly into the, the yes. latter half of this movie. Um, but it was a nice little thing that they threw in there, you know, these these sort of yeah. like missed connections and stuff. Um, as far as the era of this movie, I mean, they captured it perfectly with the way that his dad's dressed, you know, with the, the mm-hmm. khakis and the tucked yeah. in shirt. He, he's doing yard work and he's got his uh his shirt tucked into his it's just perfect man and it, it's yeah. like the it's the kind of dad i want to become like i'm a father <laughs> of three my kids are very young you know my oldest daughter's eight years old but this is just it screams like corny 90s dad uh to me this movie yes. takes place in the 1980s but he's just he's the quintessential like white new balance sneakers uh, you know, corny dad. The oh, absolutely. Dad, the dad I want to be is a cross between Red Foreman and uh, pre Walter White, uh, fucking uh, Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mixed with a, and then sprinkle with a little Al Bundy. <laughs> just a little bit. Not too much. Just a, that's who I want to be as a dad. The the ball hugging part of Al Bundy. Right? Oh yeah, I, I'm doing it right now actually. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> so as uh, as Donnie walks back into his house, like I said, we see his dad, we see his uh, sister, we see his mom, 
and we see uh, a message written on the refrigerator, uh, you know, dry erase board that says, where is Donnie? And that's our first clue that something's up with this kid. Yeah. Um, we smash cut to the that evening uh, at dinner. The family's gathered around the table. And Joe, if you want to play what's one of my favorite scenes in any movie, but <laughs> it's like it. yeah. the family dinner conversation. I'm voting for Dukakis. Hmm. Well, maybe when you have children of your own who need braces, you can't afford them because half of your husband's paycheck goes to the federal government, you'll uh, regret that. My husband's paycheck? (laughs) Oh. Anyway, I'm not going to squeeze one out until I'm like 30. Will you still be working at the yarn barn? Because I hear that's a really great place to raise children. That's really funny. No, I think a year of partying's enough. She'll be going to Harvard next fall. Mom, I haven't even gotten in yet. Do you honestly think Michael Dukakis will provide for this country till you're ready to squeeze one out? Yeah, I do. Hmm. When can I squeeze one out? Not until eighth grade. Excuse me. Donnie, you're such a dick. <laughs> Whoa, Elizabeth. A little hostile there. Maybe you should be the one in therapy, then mom and dad can pay someone $200 an hour to listen to all your thoughts, so we don't have to. Okay. Do you want to tell mom and dad why you stopped taking your medication? You're such a fuck-ass. <laughs> Please. Did you just call me a fuck-ass? Hey, Elizabeth, sweet. that's enough. You can go suck a fuck. Oh, please tell me, Elizabeth. How exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> you want me to tell you? Please tell me. We will not have this <laughs> at the dinner table. Stop. <laughs> that's my that's my reaction yeah. when any of my kids curse by the way oh hell yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's fu- well not anymore and i'm like stop fucking yelling at the fucking video game you suck anyways because <laughs> they're just yelling across the house at because they keep losing i'm like if get better <laughs> get better uh so this is another great example of like the exposition dump done well because we get a lot of exposition, and if it was a badly written script, it would be very tedious, you know, to learn that that Donnie's got some psychological issues, that he's seen a shrink, he's not taking his medication. This is all information that we need in the story, but it's it's done in this very loose, funny scene that's that's super watchable. Um, I just love it, man. I love I love suck a fuck. <laughs> What's a fuck ass? How does one? How exactly does one suck a fuck? Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, you want me to explain it to you?" Like you get the impression that she could have, you know. Yeah, she, it exactly. Out. And then the mom's yelling, and he's he's mouthing, "I'm all ears." <laughs> yep, yep. We're not having this conversation at the dinner table, and we celebrate Christmas, not Xmas. <laughs> so we learn we learn an awful lot about this family dynamic real quick um you know donnie is just this angsty kid who's who's having these issues that he doesn't quite understand um you know we we 
in the following scene, he's in his room reading a book, and his mom attempts to have a conversation with him. And like any red-blooded American teenager, he eventually ends the conversation by calling his mother a bitch. Mm-hmm. Now, that wouldn't have flown in my house. <laughs> nope. Oh, Which, hell no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been a different movie. Would have, the yeah. credits would have rolled after that. Exactly. <laughs> it would, it would have faded to black and red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she just kind of, she's stunned by it. Like, she just stops in her tracks. Like, oh, my God. And uh, we get this next clip uh, as the father's trying to smooth things over. Her son just called me a bitch. You're not a bitch. You're bitching. But you're not a bitch. I say this to my wife all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Much like like Doug has, you know, these these kind of, uh, you know, these lines that just become a part of the dynamic of the household and stuff. Like, that's definitely yep. one of mine. You're not a bitch. You're bitching. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And like I said, the vibe of this movie, um, just the set decoration, like everything just feels very authentic. It's not like blown out 80s, you know, like neon and stuff. It, it, it just yeah. looks right. Just looks like uh, like drab, like old pictures of my house from when I was a kid. You know, was yeah. it 80, it's 88 or 89? Yeah, I think it's 88 that this is supposed to take place. That rings a bell. Yeah. Yep. It was one of those years. Where was Dukakis? Yeah, it was '88, right? Because that's the yeah. That was that election year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Only one of us was old enough to vote. Yeah, that's true. I was. I didn't have kids then, though. That's how long ago that was. Really? Yeah, '91 was my first kid. Oh wow! That was Tim. So yeah. Oh, and real quick, the 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 actor who plays the dad. We've already said how much we love him, Holmes Osborne. He played the dad in one of my other favorite movies, That Thing You Do. He was Mr. Patterson. He was oh Guy's dad. Oh, my God. That's right. Holy yeah, shit. We can yeah. only make it through this fucking podcast without mentioning that thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, every episode. It's a great movie. A, yeah. I have, a, uh, I have a request from um, somebody who wants to come on the show and do that movie, so that's going to happen. So Just so we can get it out of the way. But yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited <laughs> for it. I love that flick. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, night progresses. Uh, the father can't sleep, so he, he turns the news on. It's it's close to midnight. And we get the sort of MacGuffin of this film, um, which is... It's interesting. Uh, so it's October 2nd, 1988. And in the middle of the night, um, Donnie is awoken by a giant bunny rabbit. Yes, sir. A fucked up bunny rabbit. <laughs> like, what else <laughs> yeah. can you say about it? Um, yeah. Now, in this in this version, these these encounters with this rabbit, they start with like a close up of an eye, and it gets real dilated, and then there's an image. None of that was in the movie I remember seeing. So, right away, I should say for the second time, uh, I was like, "What is that?" Very strange. Um, but it just sets the scene. It's almost like the uh, the visual indicator that you're in a Frank encounter. Frank, of course, being the name of the bunny. Because, you know, yeah. why not? And he, he needs to follow the bunny through the looking glass. 
Through the looking glass, that's right. Now we got this uh, MC Escher eyeball artwork in Donnie's room. That's kind of like a, a nod to, you know, I guess something that's going to happen later. That has to do with Frank. Um, even the voice of Frank is different in this cut. I don't mean to harp on this, but it, it's just, you know, everything about it made me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so he's being led by this this creepy voice um, and eventually makes his way to a golf course and encounters uh, Frank the bunny. He's like this gray and white, uh, you know, fursuit with this terrifying mask. Like, yeah, I think it's fucking crazy. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to Halloween next year. That'd be amazing. Oh, I'm sure you can get that mask. I mean, oh yeah, I want to do, go all out with that costume. That costume is pretty great. It's fantastic. I just wonder where I'm gonna get an Iraq Camaro. Oh my god, that might be a little pricey, but yeah. But it's worth <laughs> it to pull off the costume. No, of course. Yeah, it's like one of your spite commissions. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know when I cosplay, I cosplay. I yeah. Now, it's important to remember at this point in the movie, as an audience member seeing this for the first time, you're just still under the assumption, uh, that, assumption that this kid is crazy. Yeah. Like, there's there's no reason for you to believe that any of this is actually happening. And right. you can make that argument for much of the movie, I guess. Especially because of the fact that he's not scared of the rabbit. Yeah, he's kind of, like, amused. <laughs> like, yeah, right? He is amused and just drawn to it, yeah. He plays these, like, sleepwalking and hypnosis scenes in a very, like, childlike way where he seems kind of, like, tickled, you know, that, yes. that like, weird things are happening. Yep. Um, it's a credit to, to Gyllenhaal because, you know, if you read up on, like, what he was doing, like, he was trying not to blink during these scenes so that he looked extra creepy and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the rabbit leads him out to the golf course to tell him that the world is going to end. And he does it in the following way. Twenty-eight days. Six hours. Forty-two minutes. Twelve seconds. Like his response is why. I know. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny when you mention the voice, Frank's voice. It's harder to understand than in the theatrical cut too. It's because it's more it's more muffled and just you know reverberating and such. So yeah, I don't. I don't. That was an odd choice. And ironically enough, uh, this isn't the first movie we've done with a countdown to the world ending. Wait don't a for, second. Don't forget fanboys. Because <laughs> when Phantom Menace came out, it ended the world of the hope of a good Star oh, Wars God. franchise going well, forward. Wow. I was waiting for it. <laughs> ah. much late. Oh, my God. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's sad because it's true. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> well, Donnie's out there having this adventure with this rabbit. And by the way, like, what what do you do with that information? 
You know what I mean? Like a uh, a giant yeah. uh, bunny rabbit tells you exactly when the world's going to end. You pay attention. Um, simultaneously, back at Darko House, um, as his, his sister's sneaking back in from night out, uh, we have calamity. Like, just fucking earthquake-style craziness happening. And we don't know what yet, but something big and bad goes down. Uh, we jump cut to Donnie waking up in the morning on the greens, and he's uh, confronted by Jim Cunningham, who is played by Patrick Swayze. Peace ways. Peace ways. And the most interesting piece of trivia I found regarding his character in this movie is that all the wardrobe was Patrick Swayze's from the 80s. Yeah, that's awesome. She's yeah, like, oh yeah. Yep. I, I just I had that. it laying around. <laughs> like, go. Like, I got a closet full. Don't worry about wardrobe for me. I got you covered. Yeah. Especially the sweater he's wearing in this intro scene. It's like it's like a what are those Cosby sweaters? Like the uh, yes, that's terrible. Ironically enough, his character really <laughs> plays into that. That's yeah. really true. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't even spoiler races it. <laughs> Even me to make that connection, but there it is. I wonder if he knew. He's like, he's like, yeah. Bill, Bill gave me some some hints on how to dress appropriately no. for this role. Oh, not God. to not to delve too deeply, but the the word on Bill Cosby goes back to way before that that the, when this movie was shot. So, who knows who knew what? Was Patrick yeah. Swayze eating Jello in this movie at all? Oh, God. all right. <laughs> Please stop now. <laughs> all right. Yes, I apologize. Uh but yes, Patrick Swayze uh, plays plays a character. Jim Cunningham is kind of like this self help, you know, weirdo, metaphysical uh, guy. And there's a teacher at the school who's very into him, who we will meet <laughs> later. One of my favorite characters in the movie. She's so good. The re- well, it's not her voice, but she reminds me of the real life Peggy Hill. Yeah, very similar hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, just and the like look. The, she's all how about like. You know, Peggy always got into these weird fucking things. It was all like pushing it all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kitty. Uh, Kitty prays at the altar of uh, this character. It's fantastic. Yeah. So Donnie makes it home, and you know his house is just in shambles. Man, there's police lines do not cross. There's crowds of people gathering around to see what's going on. There's reporters. He has no idea what happened. Turns out. A uh, an airline jet engine crashed through his bedroom in the middle of the night, and uh, his life was spared because he wasn't there. He was having a powwow with the uh, with the bunny. Because Frank saved him. Exactly. Exactly. Now his family, they're watching. You know, this, this crane pull the engine out of the house, and when Donnie rolls up, they're just kind of like, "Oh, there you are." Like, yeah, no one's excited or nothing. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. You got fucking ET astronauts walking around with Geiger <laughs> meters and stuff. It's it's a it's a very funny scene, unintentionally maybe. Um, then the FAA shows up to, yeah, I guess get them to sign something not to sue. Yeah, <laughs> non-disclosure. Much, yeah. yeah, can't talk about it. Well, I mean, do they need to talk? I mean, it's a fucking jet engine in their house. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure people have noticed it. <laughs> But the cool thing, story-wise, you know, you know, Twilight Zony about this jet engine is that they can't figure out where it came from. Yeah, right. Because there's no plane that's missing one, so it's it's 
you know, it's a real mystery. And when you get into like the whole mythology of this movie, which oh, yeah. we will get into later, there is a reason why it exists, but we don't know that yet. All we know is that it's spooky and it shouldn't exist. And mm-hmm. where's the plane? And it's a, you know, it's a great setup, man. It really gets you thinking what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, so the FAA puts them up in the, uh, in the holiday inn and you know, they couldn't like get them more rooms. No, no, they don't need, you know, this is a, uh, a middle-class family and, you know, they didn't seem interesting and in, I'm sorry, interested in suing or anything. Like it wasn't a very litigious minded family. They just, they were happy with, uh, these accommodations. <laughs> that hotel room's layout was the weirdest. The, the two beds just, yeah. you know, <laughs> at 90 degree angle. Yeah, there was like barely two feet of space between the corners of the bed. It, it was just very odd. <laughs> that's true. I didn't notice that before. But that's I would have asked true. for a new room, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the door was in between them. Yeah, exactly. The door was behind, sort of in between. So to get anywhere else in there, you had to walk between these two beds with two foot of space. It was just very strange. Yeah, it was really <laughs> odd. We we that's true, man. I'm looking at that scene right now, and who set this? I don't know. Right, exactly. So yeah, it was <laughs> we get this touching scene, and we get really good acting uh, out of these uh, these characters here. Um, you know, he's the father's sort of reflecting on their son, and and. He's likening his life to this guy he knew in high school who who died uh, young and it was tragic and everyone always said that he was doomed and you know he's basically saying like that's what people probably say about Donnie because Donnie yeah. is you know just this weird kid and he's uh, he's got this dark cloud hanging over his head. Um, I don't remember this scene either. <laughs> From, from the original movie, but I thought it was good. It, it may have been in there, and I just forgot about it. Um, but it felt new. It felt like something I hadn't seen before. But I didn't mind it. See, I don't. I don't hate right. everything about this cut. <laughs> um, we end up at the bus stop the next morning, and we learn that Donnie goes to a school that makes you wear uniforms, which I always found fascinating, because my first job was at a school uniform store. <laughs> but I never went to a school that required a uniform. Right. So we would, like, drive around and set up shop at, like, these these private schools or, like, these Christian schools and sell these, you know, color-coded, like, polo and skirt combinations. It was yep. a real, real weird job. Um, but anyway, I digress. Joe, if you want to hit this clip for me, his buddies find him at the, at the uh, bus stop and... Uh, they're impressed because he's now, you know, kind of famous. I sure he's dead. Shut up. Darko cheats dead, huh? You're like a celebrity, man. I've been like calling you like a jillion times. Where you been? We stayed at a hotel. Hey, uh, my dad said he saw you at the golf course. You sleepwalking again now, buddy? I don't want to talk about it. And now that you're famous, you got to have a smoke. What happens if you tell mom and dad about this, Sam? They'll put Ariel in the garbage disposal. <laughs> God damn right I will. So, Brody. 
Hey, Sharita. You want a cigarette? Shut up! Shut up! Poor Sharita, you know, man. You know, I, I was like, God, she looks familiar. She's fucking in WandaVision and in Orange is the New Black. Yes. Yeah, she's had a nice career for herself. Yeah, Definitely. I was like, why does she look so familiar? She's been on a bunch of other shit, too. Yeah. But those two like the ones I recognized her from recently. Yep. Yeah, you know what? My my wife pointed her out in WandaVision because I didn't recognize her at first. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love her in this movie, man. She's It's such a weird, quirky character. Um, and they use it to great effect. Like, her quirkiness and her shyness. Yeah. And you learn eventually that she's kind of got to think for Donnie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, we're not going to spoil stuff, but, you know, towards the end, she's the one who kind of figures things out in a good way. Yep. So, you know. Yeah. All right. So our next scene is what I consider to be one of the most iconic scenes from this movie. Um, it feels like a single take. I don't know if it's a single take or if there's just some trickery going on. Um, but we follow Donnie and, and his crew out of the school bus. They come out of the back of the bus. That's a big <laughs> no-no, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but it makes a really cool shot because the camera's tilted 90 degrees and turns. Um, the music playing in this scene, I, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his, uh, if it was changed or not. It might have been changed. Um, but either way, it, it was a it's a strong soundtrack choice and it's a great introduction to a lot of these ancillary characters in Donnie's high school um, you know just panning from character to character we get a school bully we get uh, a concerned teacher we get you know a pretty girl these are all like the central figures in Donnie's life and they'll become hugely important in the story but this is just us seeing them for the first time. We see Seth Rogen, which is, you know, he's letting the bully do cocaine off of his hand, which is, you know. Right. Yeah, and he has no beard. <laughs> Not, yeah, no, he's got a little uh, goatee or something, a little chin thing happening. But it's a funny scene, too, because right after the kid does uh, the cocaine off of his finger, like the principal walks by and looks at it, and he kind of plays it like he didn't see it. But it was blatant, man. Like, this school is not well-governed. No. Which was... was, I mean, it was the 80s. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um... I went... When did you graduate high school, Joe? I was... Oh, 2003. Uh, 2000. 2000. Yep. Doug, when did you graduate? You graduated in the uh... <laughs> what? Wait, eighteen hundreds or nineteen hundreds? Yeah, eighteen seventy. How old is this fucker? Motherfucker! <laughs> I graduated in nineteen eighty one. Okay, so this was uh, you know a little closer to home for you. A little so... bit. <laughs> we also get right. to see the school mascot. It's uh, the best thing ever. Yeah, it's this giant bronze statue. It's the ugliest. Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> It's right, it's out of a Marvel movie. I mean, it's a half human, half bulldog called, and it's just called the Mongrel. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I think it says it on the statue, but it's called the Mongrel, and yeah, it's this like 
you know, it's weird bulldog, but with a spike collar and it's got m- muscle arms. Yeah. It's so fucking odd. It's so it's still not as bad as that statue that's by our buddy Will Lahue's house. Oh, God. well, no, I no, definitely not. But you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't know that the bulldog is racist. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. In, in, I mean, my, in my experience, bulldogs generally aren't. So, well, I mean, unless saying. they're from Georgia, then they usually are. Well, that's very <laughs> true. That is true. There you go. That's true. Uh, oh, my favorite thing is fucking with Georgia fans. Whenever I see one, I'm like, when did Green Bay change their logo to red? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they get so pissed. You can get a good old boy going to stop you. Yeah. Yeah, that's Something. dangerous. That's dangerous, man. You could get away with that. I can't. I can't oh yeah, those Georgia people. Well, yeah. The thing about Miami people is we recklessly talk shit about anyone without giving a fuck. I'm learning that. Yeah, we're not scared of shit. Like people from Miami, we ain't scared. You brave uh, propellers, giant boats, and stuff. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they fight. They fight cruise ships down there. Exactly. We ain't scared of shit. <laughs> All right, so Kitty is uh, facilitating a meeting between Jim Cunningham and the principal. You can tell she's a fangirl. She's holding his book, Attitudinal Beliefs. Yeah, that's so cheesy. <laughs> Which, like, I kind of want to cop. Like, I like yes. the idea of decorating my house with copies of fake books from movies. And this would be on the shelf. Attitudinal Beliefs, and then it would be, like, the book that Marty's dad writes in Back to the Future. <laughs> Yes, and then the philosophy of time travel, too. Philosophy of time travel would yeah. have to go next to attitudinal beliefs. Yes. Uh, yeah. I really wish that um, Keanu Reeves had, like, a cameo in that video. They threw a football <laughs> to each other or something. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> um, we keep panning around. We see these younger girls, like a dance squad. Uh, lead dancer, of course, is the little sister, Donnie's little sister from the dinner Spot table. Emotion. Who asked when she could pop one out and what... Uh, what was a fuck ass. <laughs> and then we meet uh, Drew Barrymore, who's a teacher at the mm-hmm. school. Um, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> oh, calm sorry, down, just, Joe. Calm down, Joe. No, I just heard that. That was just the <laughs> best. That was just the best and What's most weird, creepiest though, noise like, ever. Well, it's weird because sometimes she's mm-hmm, and sometimes she's like, huh? Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is about her. <laughs> no, I know, but this one, she was the first noise. Yeah, she's a mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, mm-hmm, for you. Like, like if I was alligator look, you're like, mm-hmm. oh god. <laughs> oh, I... you know what? I'm sorry to do this. We, I'm backtracking to uh, an episode way before this when we did Galaxy Quest. That movie is so stuck in my brain <laughs> that I've been pestering my <laughs> wife. I want to say for the past two weeks with this terrible impression of the Thermians. so we'll just be driving somewhere and i'll be like "Mm, we need your help i mean it sounds very kermit the frog right now sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad i don't know Uh, you're still alive you know anyway you're a bitchin (laughs) not a bitch anyway (laughs) drew barrymore um She's a she's a teacher and she's a cool teacher. You can tell right off the bat. She's kind of got yeah. like this, you know, anti-establishment sort of hippie vibe going. And she's teaching these kids about this uh, short story called The Destructors. 
um, yep. by Graham Greene. The Destructors, uh, of course, tying into the plot of this movie in a, in a big, bad way. Um, but you can also tell as these, as these classroom scenes progress that, like, Donnie's a smart kid. Oh, yeah. More so than his classmates. Like, he's a standout, you know, as far as just understanding the, the uh, literary themes. And, and um, there's a connection there between, uh, you know, the teacher and the student. Not a sexual one, Joe, but, you know, because... I know that's what you're hoping for here, but I was going to say she's got a, in 20 years, she'd probably be getting arrested vibe going on. <laughs> she, she definitely, um, is unorthodox and, uh, comes back to bite her in the ass later, but <clears throat> Donnie, uh, you know, satisfies her, her question about the, the short story. Um, if you want to hit that Destructors clip for me, give us a little bit of insight. Donnie Darko, perhaps with your recent brush with mass destruction, you can give us your opinion. Well, they say it right when they flood the house and they tear it to shreds that, like, uh, destruction is a form of creation, so the fact that they burn the money is ironic. They just want to see what happens when they tear the world apart. I want to change things. May we help you? Yeah, I just registered and they put me in the wrong English class. You look like you belong here. Um, where do I sit? Sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. Oh. Quiet! Better choose. Oh my god. Oh my god. Look at her butt. That's fucked up though. <laughs> it is fucked up. What she did. That's that's yeah. you know, that's fireable. <laughs> oh I mean yeah. super super inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and and again, you know, guys, we will get into this. There's a reason why she does that. And it might be out of her control. Spoiler yep. alert. She might be manipulated. Mm-hmm. Mm, but uh, maybe not as manipulated as we think. No, I think 100% manipulated. No, nope, I don't think so. But go ahead. But Keep not, going. We'll talk about it when we get there. Not as manipulated as this uh, commercial break, which oh, I have. <laughs> nice. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. 